This dynamic message is brought to you by Redemption in Jesus with Marco Bravo. So praise God. So here is the title of our message this morning. Why you can trust God for good in every situation. Amen. Now you may say, well, that sounds like rocket science. You know, that's not rocket science, at least. <laughs> we know that. We know that we can trust God for good. But you know, sometimes we need to be reminded. But today I want to share with you just an aspect, uh, a view of that, that I believe is going to bless you tremendously today. So why you can trust God for good in every situation. No matter what you face, even if you had something to do with it, even if you were part of creating a challenge, a problem, a situation in your life, know that you can trust God for good in every situation, even the ones that you had a role in. You know, because that's the grace of God, that's the mercy of God. But I'm going to show you that from Scripture today. And so what I want to really convey to you today is not just, as we said last week, that you are never without hope, but also you are never without the goodness of God in your life. Every day, in every situation, you can trust Him for good. Amen. So, you know, unfortunately, some people think when we say things like that, we're saying it's okay to mess up, it's okay to do wrong, it's okay to sin. Of course, we're not saying that. Amen. We believe better of you. But I want you to know that gospel truth says that you can trust God for good in every situation. And as we enter this year, we're going to go with this mindset. Good is going to come out of every situation. Amen. Do you believe that? I trust that you do. So let's begin by looking at Revelation chapter 21 and verse 5. And we're going to read just the first part of that verse because I want to highlight and focus on a specific phrase there. So watch what God says here. Now this is when it's all said and done. This dispensation is done and God creates a new heaven and a new earth. Watch what He says here. Watch what the Lord says. Then He who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. See that? He doesn't say, I make some things new. He says, I make all things new. Won't you say all? And you don't have to say it in my accent, but just say it. You know what I mean, right? So notice the Lord says that He makes all things new. And this, as I said, is at the end of time, at the end of our dispensation, you know, sin is done away with, evil is done away with, everything that destroyed God's purpose plan or interfered with His plan is done away with. And He introduces and He creates a new heaven and a new earth. Isn't that going to be awesome? And so He's going to create a new heaven and earth and without any sin, without any evil, and we all get to be as God is. It is going to be glorious. It is going to be awesome. And this is in that context where He says, Behold, I make all things new. But here's what I want to draw your attention to, is that phrase where He says, I make all things new. And the reason for that is because God is a God who makes all things new. Isn't that so? Think about the new birth. Think about receiving salvation in Jesus. 
when you received salvation in Jesus, when you understood what you were doing, and you received salvation in Jesus, you received Him into your life, guess what happened? He made you new. Doesn't it say that? In Corinthians it says that you have been made a new creation. It's the name of our church. That's why we call ourselves new creations, because that's what we are. And so He says, He made you a new creation. So He made you new. Amen. He didn't just take some of the old and just fix it up and refurbish it. He, didn't, he says, no, He made you a new creation. That's what it says. So even beginning with a new birth, he, we see that God is a God who makes all things new. And He says, all things have passed away. In other words, everything related to our sinful nature and who we were in fallen Adam is gone. And He says, behold, all things now are new. Because He's made all things new. Amen. And you know, it's interesting. I kind of went on a journey this week, you know, just each day as I was preparing. I went on a journey at looking at Scripture to see what the Bible has to say about all things. <laughs> and it's interesting. There is so much. I can actually probably preach a six-part series at least on just all things. It is pretty powerful. And so that's what I want to share with you today to show you how you can trust God for good in every situation. Because He's the God who makes all things new. Amen. He doesn't just put band-aids on. He doesn't just put bandages on. He doesn't try and just stitch things up and hope that they heal. No, He makes all things new. This is why when someone understands the true forgiveness of God, in and through Jesus, expressed through Jesus. They understand that they've been forgiven of all of their sin. Past sin, present sin, future sin. Because at the cross, all of our personal sin was in the future tense anyway, right? So we were forgiven for all of our sin. That is just magnificent. And this is why He does and He's able to make all things new. So let's have a look at some of, this, some of these all things verses and watch how it's going to bless you and show you one thing that you can expect God to be good to you that you can expect good in every situation in your life amen so let's begin with the most favorite favorite verse at least the most used verse the most referred to verse when it comes to all things anyone want to guess what it is I'll give you a clue it's in Romans Romans 8, 28. <laughs> it's the most common one referred to when it comes to all things. So let's read it. Watch this. Romans 8, 28 from the New King James. It says, And we know that all things work together for good. There it is. For good. To those who love God. To those who are the called according to His purpose. Now that verse is loaded right there. But notice that it says that we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to the, uh, to the, uh, the called. In other words, when you receive salvation in Jesus, you become the called of God. And then God says there's a promise for them. I work all things out <clears throat> for their good. That's pretty awesome, wouldn't you agree? Now, most people use this verse to cling to it like they would to a lifesaver 
if they were out in the middle of the ocean or in a huge pool and they didn't know how to swim or they knew they didn't have enough energy to swim their way out. And so they cling to this verse like they would to a lifesaver. Why? Because when they find themselves in trouble, they cling to that verse and they say, God is going to work all things out for my good. But I want to show you today that this verse, what God says there, is way more than just a lifesaver verse. It is actually a fact-stating verse, a gospel truth-stating verse. So, let me point some things out to qualify what I just said. So, firstly, we see that it says, to those who love God. Remember that? It says that He works all things together, or that all things work together for the good, to those who love God. Well, let's talk about that for a moment. What does it mean to love God? In other words, what God is saying there in that is, is that those who love God have the reassuring promise that all things will, will work together for their good. So, for us to understand that and receive that and appropriate that and make it our own, we need to ask the question, because this promise is for the lover of God. Would you agree? So, it's someone who loves God. That's a lover of God, right? So, what does it mean to love God? What does it mean to be a lover of God? Well, it means, in essence, in one phrase, and I'll give you some points after that, but it basically means that you have a relationship with Him, doesn't it? I mean, if you love someone, you have a relationship with Him. It's because you have a relationship with Him that you love them and you continue to love them, right? So when you love someone, and here's just some practical things that will help us see what that looks like, what a lover of God looks like, what it looks like to love God. You see, when you love someone, you have feelings for them. So do we have feelings for God? We sure should, if we love Him, right? So you have feelings for that person. You respect them. Isn't that so? You prioritize them above all things in your life. You communicate with them. You support them. You think about them all the time, often. Amen? You spend time with them. You encourage them. You are jealous of them. Isn't that so? You are willing to make sacrifices for them, and you regard them as part of your life. Isn't that what some of what it looks like to love someone? To be a lover of someone? It's not always just romantically involved. In this case with God, it's, it's just a genuine love for God, being a lover of God. Amen? And so that's what it looks like. And so he says, those who love me like that, those who, lo who are lovers of me like that, he says, they have a promise, they have my word, that I will work all things out for their good, that he will work it all together for their good. Amen? So if you love God, and I'm not saying you have to be perfectly loving Him, because we're all learning, we're all on the journey. But if you have love for God, if you're a lover of God, and if you want to know what that looks like, I've just explained it to you, I've just given you some pointers. Well, if that's you, then you know, I can expect good in my life. I can expect God to work all things out together for my good. Amen? Isn't that so? You see, God's natural response to those who love Him is that He works all things out for their good. Amen? That's true. 
I mean, I think about me, who's human. I love my family. I love my wife. I love my daughter. And I'll do anything for them. And I say that. And, and I hope it doesn't come to the day where it's, I'm rudely and harshly tested. But if it does, I'd like to think that I will. But I really, really will. I will go to extremes to do what it takes, to take care of them, to provide for them, to be there for them. Will I be perfect? No. But I'm going to do it the best I can. Isn't that so? And to me that, and, and you know, we're all learning, but to me that shows. And so what I see as their response to me loving them is, is that they will also do whatever it takes to love me and make me happy and do things for me and express it. Amen. So you see, it's a natural response when you are loved by someone. And that's, it's not a legalistic thing. It's just a natural response to being loved, to have someone who loves you to be a lover of you. Amen? I mean, we favor those people. And so that's what we see God doing and saying here. He says, those who love me, those who express it, those who live it, I'm going to work all things out for their good. So that's his natural response to that. Amen? So that's the first thing that we, I want to point out to you. The second thing that I want to point, point out to you there is, is the term that says, work together. Remember it said, that all things work together for good to those who love God. So all things work together. That work together phrase is what I want to draw your attention to next. Now, in the original in which that was written, it's actually one word. In our English and other modern translations, it's two words. But in the original, it's one word. And it's the word Synergeo. I hope I'm pronouncing it right in the Greek. It's synergeo. This is where we get our English word synergy from. And in other words, we can say what that verse said this way. All things synergeo for good. Now the English translation says all things work together for good. Two words. But in the Greek it would be all things hell for good. In other words, all things synergize or synergized for good. Now you have to ask yourself, why did God use that word? Well, if you think about the word synergy, synergy in essence, and <laughs> if you look at dictionaries, there are long explanations and, and examples and the thesauruses come in and try and help you understand it because it's actually a pretty big word. But synergy, in essence, talks about several parts or several components or several aspects or several people coming together to produce a far greater and better result together. Did you hear what I said? So you could have, it, 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 you, you can take the example of a football team. You know, American football. Now, you have the quarterback who's often regarded as the star because of his ability. But then you have everyone else on the team, the big heavy guys who may not be able to run fast, but their weight and their ability to, of strength can actually push the other team back so the one who's fast can get it. And then you have the one who can throw. And then you have the other one who can run from side to side. So you have all these different players on a team who together synergize to come out and produce a greater and far better result. Does that make sense? So it takes into account 
weaknesses, inabilities, strengths, wonderful great abilities. It takes all of that together. To synergize means that you take the strengths of every component, every available one, and you put them together and you work them all out for good. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty powerful. Another example that I can give you to illustrate the word synergy or synergize is salt. Think about salt. We all enjoy a little salt on our food, don't we? Especially on fries. I do. I mean, even if it's McDonald fries, even though I've been told they're not real fries, <laughs> they sure taste like them. But when I get fries, I need to have salt on them. So, uh, fries without salt are just no good to me. Isn't that so? And I think most of us feel that way. But have you ever thought what salt is made, made of? What it consists of? It consists of sodium and chloride. Right? It's two um, components, two chemicals, if you will, that on their own, they're actually poisonous. They can actually do more harm than good. But you blend them together and put them together and crystallize them together, and you have this component called salt that is actually good for us, and our body actually needs some of it, right? But you see, so that's synergy. You take two things that are harmful otherwise, and you put them together, and you end up with a component that is far greater and better that is actually beneficial for us. And that's what that word synergy basically says. That's why God used that word when, when we see it in English, work together, synergio. That's what he's actually saying. He takes the good, he takes the bad, he takes all that happens in our lives, and he puts it together and he causes synergio. He basically synergizes them to bring out something better and greater. Isn't that powerful? It's awesome. I mean, I'm telling you, when I was studying this, I thought, wow, I can truly trust God for good in every situation in my life. That's pretty awesome, wouldn't you agree? And so when it says all things, it's not just talking about good things. Otherwise, he would have said, you know, he, works to, he takes all good things and works them together for our good. The reason why it says all things is because he's including the good things and the bad things. Now, I know some believers don't like to talk about bad things because they see it as bad confessions and this and that. <laughs> I mean, let's face it. We live in a fallen world. I mean, who of us can say the next 365 days, and I know we've already spent some, but the next 365 days are going to be absolutely awesome, absolutely great. We can believe for it, we can declare it, we can speak it, but is it really going to be like that? Absolutely not. Why? Because we live in a fallen world. Isn't that so? And so because of that, God says, don't worry, don't be concerned. I'm going to take the good, the bad, and the ugly, and I'm going to synergize them, I'm going to synergize it, and what I'm going to come up with is a greater and better result that will give you good in your life. <laughs> it's awesome, praise God. So God takes it all and makes it all work out for our good. Amen. In actual fact, I love the way the Passion Translation puts that verse. Watch this. It's going to come up on the screen now. 
So we are convinced that every detail or every detail, whichever you, way you prefer to read it, that every detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan. See that? That's how the Sinergeo, the patient puts Sinergeo. It's pretty accurate. Fit together into God's perfect plan of bringing good. Notice, not bad, not mediocre, of bringing good into our lives. For we are His lovers, I love that, who have been called to fulfill His designed purpose. In other words, when you receive salvation in Jesus, this is His designed purpose. Therefore, you get to live it. You get to experience it. Right? But notice, He takes every detail and He weaves it together, like I said, sinergeo, to fit into one plan, which is what? Bringing good into your life. So can you trust God for good in every situation? Of course you can. Even the, the, the ugly and the bad. Isn't that so? And we know there's, there's uglies and there's bad in our lives. And yet God says, it doesn't mean that He approves of it. It doesn't mean that He's happy that we did it. But He'll take even that, because that's what Sinergeo means. He will take even that and He will weave it together and make it come out with a winning thing for you and me, which is good. It's powerful, praise God. So we know that all 365 days are going to be great days, great, perfect and glorious days. But we can be certain of this promise. Because notice in the Passion, it also said, continually woven. In other words, things may change, things may go awry, things may become bad and ugly and some good in it. He says, but he'll take it all together and weave it. In other words, what he says, this promise is constant. This promise is unchanging, that I will always synergeo them for your good. Amen? Amen? Praise God, praise God for that. And so we can be certain that God will always cause all things to work together for our good. Praise God for that. In actual fact, look at Psalm 65 verse 11 and look at what it says in relation to what I'm sharing with you today. He says, you crown the year with your goodness and your paths drip with abundance. Let's leave that there for a moment and just selah. Have a moment of just chewing on that as I've shared what I've shared with you. Notice he says that God puts a crown on your year. In other words, God puts a crown on your next 365 days with what? With goodness. It's a crown of goodness. Why? Because I think the psalmist somehow lived and had a clue, and we know that David did, had a clue that God brings every detail of our lives to work together for our good. Amen? That's why the year is crowned with goodness. I believe that there's someone listening today. I believe there's someone receiving this today. And you've been praying, you've been saying, God, I so hope this next year is going to be better than last year. I hope I'm not going to experience some of the ugly things that I've experienced last year. And that's what God is saying to you today. He's saying, I've crowned this coming year with goodness. Amen. You're going to see my abundance dripping all over the place. And I receive that today. Amen. For me and my family too. And our church. Amen. Praise God. 
So your entire year is crowned with goodness. That's a promise that God makes to us. Over and above what I've shared with you today. Amen. So no matter what you face, expect His goodness. Do you? Expect every detail of your life to work for your good. Do you expect that? I sure hope that you do. Amen. But it's not just good, but it is also overflowingly good. Because he says, my pots drip with abundance. Amen. That's what I believe God's word is for us as we continue with this year. And I mean, look at what David said too in Psalm 16 verse 6. And I'm going to read this one from the Passion Translation. Watch this. He says about God, Your pleasant path leads me to pleasant places. I am overwhelmed by the privileges that come with following you. (laughs) For you have given me the best. Praise God. And that's God's word for you. He's not a respecter of persons. Amen. He doesn't discriminate. What he promised David, what David experienced. Now think about it for a moment. David messed up pretty bad. Wouldn't you agree? He committed adultery. He, he committed murder. He had someone's husband killed so he can take the wife. He lied about the child that was about to be born. He, and he didn't do, he did some horrible things. But yet God sinergeot everything for his good. Isn't that so? Now, if anyone takes this as a license to just go wild with sin, well, then you got me all wrong. Because I don't believe that's the heart of God. And that's the heart of a true believer and a lover of God. Amen. But nonetheless, it happened with him, and yet God still worked all things out for his good in every situation. Amen. Even when his own son, rightfully to a degree, tried to kill him and get rid of him and overthrow him as king, God still fought for David. God still worked all things out for his good. You see, that's the grace and the mercy of God. And that's what God is saying to you and me today. Amen. I mean, King David didn't live a perfect life. Things didn't always go his way. I mean, Saul tried to chase him for just being anointed the next king. And for 13 years, he tried to kill him. But one thing David did was he loved God. Doesn't scripture say that he was a man with a heart after God? He was a lover of God and he trusted God. And God, as a result, God, because he reciprocates this way, God worked all things out for his good. You keep loving God. Amen. Yes, there are going to be days when you're going to mess up. Yes, there are going to be some days where you're going to question if you're a believer because of what you said and what you did. But let me tell you something. God's promise supersedes all of that because he loves you because of who he is and because of who you are to him. Amen. Not your merits or your performance. The cross proves that. Grace proves that. So God will work all things out. For your good. You know, I sense too that there's someone listening and thinking, oh, you know, if people only knew what I've done, if people only knew the horrible mistake and mistakes that plague my life, let me tell you something. God's goodness plagues you more so. Whatever sin, whatever mistake has, has plagued you, God's goodness, God's promise that we've just read about is far greater than that. Amen. So He will work all things out for your good. 
Amen. Now, things may differ from day to day in the year ahead, and they sure will, right? Unexpected challenges may come, but you can trust on the consistency of God's promise that we just read about. So when He says that He will work all things out for your good, then believe it. Amen. And as I said, that includes the bad and the ugly. Amen. Praise God for that. Now, let me show you a few more verses where we find this term, all things, in relation to what I've shared with you so far. It is going to bless you. Psalm 8 verse 6 from the Amplified Translation. Watch this. Actually, it's talking about us, God and us, okay? You made Him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put, watch this, all things under His feet. Look at that. God gave us authority over all things. Isn't that powerful? So the many things you face may seem bigger than you. Or there will be some things. Many things will seem bigger than you when you face them. But nothing and no one is greater than the authority God gave you. And God Himself. This is why all things are under your feet. Amen. Praise God for that. And so this is why God is well able to work all things out for your good. So we need to trust Him in all things and with all things. Amen. That He will synergize them for your good. Now you know what I mean by that, right? Because He is greater than all things. And He's given you the authority over those things. Praise God. He has another one. Ephesians 1 verse 11. Watch this. In Him, talking about Jesus, also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of Him, watch this, who works all things according to the counsel of His will. That's pretty awesome. In other words, what this is saying is, is that God has set a purpose for us in Jesus, and nothing and no one will ever change that. Isn't that so? Nothing and no one. That's what it means by all things. Nothing and no one will ever change that. So, you know, if someone tells you, oh, you've lost your salvation, or you're just heading down the road, oh, you're into this grace stuff, oh, really? Really? <laughs> no, nothing and no one will ever change that. Amen? You see, so no matter what we face, God has a commitment to Himself. That's something else that that portion shows us. God has a commitment to Himself to always work all things out for our good. All things. Good, including, good, including bad and ugly. Right? He synergizes them. Praise God. God will always cause all things in your life to line up with His will. That's something else that we see in that verse. You know, I think about my life, and I'm by far perfect, but... I certainly haven't done some of the horrible things that I, that I see others do, or I've seen some do. But yet, I mean, I know that those things disqualify me as much as the worst things that I have seen others do. Because sin is sin. And yet, I have seen over and over God's wonderful goodness work in my life and turn all things out for my good. Whatever season I've gone through, now looking back, I see how God just turns all things out for our good. 
And I know that many of you can relate and have many, many testimony of that. And God is reminding you today, just keep your eye on Him. Amen. Look at 2 Corinthians 5.17. Talking about making all things new now. It says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. King James says a new creation. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. Doesn't that remind us that God makes all things new? So by working all things out for our good, He also makes all things new. Amen. And that's why He's saying what He's saying to us today through His Word. So if God can make all things new for you at your call, when you receive salvation in Jesus, you can be sure that He will make all things new on the outside for you. Isn't that so? Because we've just seen that He's committed to that. He's committed to His will. Praise God. So not only does He make new things in your life, but He also makes all things new in your world. <laughs> Praise God. There is absolutely nothing that God cannot make new. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. So trust Him. Believe Him. Amen. Amen. Romans 8.28. There's something else that I want to show you here that I, that I want to touch on here as we come to an ending. Watch this. One, another phrase that I want to draw your attention to there. It says, And we know. Who's the we? Believers. Those who receive salvation in Jesus. Those who understand the grace of God. Right? It says, And we know. What does it mean to know? In other words, you have certainty. You, you know this for a fact. You know for sure. Right? And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. To those who are called according to His purpose. So why does he say, and we know? Have you thought about that? <laughs> In other words, those who enjoy a relationship with God know that all things work together for their good. In other words, we have a certainty of this. We have the Holy Spirit. We've received salvation in Jesus when we understand what redemption in Jesus means. And when we understand the grace of God, we know. You don't have to wonder. You don't have to be convinced. You don't have to go to Bible school for three years to know that God will work all things out for our good. You know it because you base your salvation on Jesus and the finished work of the cross. That's your guarantee. And that's how you know. Amen. So do you know today? I sure hope you do. Do you expect good in every situation? I sure hope you do. I mean, if you don't by now, then I have failed to convey that to you. And I don't believe that I have. Amen. Praise God for His wonderful Word. Now, here's the other thing. Let's put that verse back up again. Notice it says, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. Another way you can phrase that in one simple phrase is this way. God is always involved in your life. Isn't that what's saying? I mean, I could easily say that in my own words and paraphrase it and say, and I know that God is always involved in my life because He's always working all things out for my good. The bad and the ugly included. Amen. I know that. So God is always involved in your life. You know, sometimes we don't want people involved. We, we, we don't tell them certain things for a reason. And we've got to be careful who we tell what to because we don't know what they're going to do with that information and how they may use it against us. But with God, 
He knows everything and He's always involved in our lives. And He's got one goal, to work all things out for our good. Amen. Amen. Lover of God. <laughs> Did you hear what I said? Amen. Praise God. And I mean, there's so many examples that I can think of in Scripture, which I'm not going to get into because otherwise we'll be here for a very long time. But think about Job. I mean, it, it goes back as far as that. The things that happened to that man, but yet he remained a lover of God. Now, he didn't have Jesus in the finished work of the cross. He didn't have Scripture as we have it. This was all before even Abraham. But yet, he was a lover of God. And what happened? Yes, he experienced horrible things. Yes, bad and ugly things happened. But he remained a lover of God. Even when his own wife said to him, why don't you just deny God and die? Can you imagine that? That's how bad it got. And he said, no, I'm going to love God. Now, he said some things that were not doctrinally correct, but he loved God the best way that he knew. How? And guess what happened? All things worked out for his good. He had double was restored to him than what he had lost. Amen. So there you see it. So the ugly and the bad, God's sin had held everything for his good. Amen. And then there is Joseph. I mean, an innocent young man, favored by his father, you know, and he sent out on a mission to go take care of his brothers one morning, one day. And what happens? They sell him into slavery. And he ends up in a prison. He ends up as a slave. But yet, he eventually ends up as second in charge of the world, known world at the time. And guess what? God turned it all out for his good. And when his brothers realized who he was, he said to them, he says, what you did to me was meant for evil, but God worked all things out for my good. I'm putting it in my own words. And this is why I'm here. And all of us are going to be saved because of it. Isn't that so? So sometimes, yes, it takes a little time. But I can tell you now, God is going to work all things out for your good. He's actually doing it right now because He's involved in your life right now. And He's working all things out for your good. Amen. Your end will be better than your beginning. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Let's end off with this verse. Isaiah 46 verse 10. And I'm going to read this one from the NIRV translation. The New International Reader's Version. Watch this. This is God speaking here. Before something even happens, I announce how it will end. <laughs> In fact, from times long ago, I announced what was still to come. I say, my plan will succeed. I will do anything I want to do. What is he saying to us in that? He's not being braggadocious and arrogant and prideful. He's not trying to prove because he doesn't need to prove that he's God, right? There's none greater than him. So why is he making those statements? To give us assurance. And what he's saying is, you may not know it all, but I know it all. And I've said beforehand how things will end. And he says, do you want to know how they're going to end? My plan will succeed. And that's what I want to do. And that's what I'm going to do. And his plan is that all things will work out for your good. Even if people come and try to interfere and mess things up for you, God will see and adhere all that to work out for your good. Amen. 
And this is why you can trust God for good in every situation in your life. Do you believe that today? Do you receive that today? I sense that there is someone or someone's whose heart have been broken by those close to you. Someone real close to you or someone's real close to you have said things that have hurt you deeply in the last few weeks. They've done things that have hurt you deeply. And God says, just let it go. Just love them. Just let it go. He says, I am working all of those things out for your good. My plan will succeed. It will be fulfilled because I know the end. And my end is good things for you. Amen. Praise God, praise God, praise God. We trust that you are blessed by this message. For more information about our ministry or to make a donation to help us continue spreading the gospel, please visit our website at redemptioninjesus.com.